As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As I understand it, the spaceship hits Judge Proctor's windmill out there and crashes. They took the alien's body and buried him at the cemetery and gave him a Christian burial. Uh, several of the people in the area, they went out and looked at the crash scene. I understand they threw parts of the spacecraft down in the well. A large stone serves as the marker to the fourth body that has apparently been moved to keep curious klepto from digging up whatever could be resting in the Aurora Cemetery. The clipping simply said that a cigar-shaped object, brightly illuminated, floated over ahead in the early morning hours and crashed on the hillside. And then in the story, it said the pilot of the craft, comma, which is not of this earth, comma, was given a Christian burial in Aurora Cemetery. Buying or selling, visit me at kellygreenrealtor.com or visit me on my Facebook page, Kelly Green Realtor. See you there. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Alien Strand Podcast. I'm your host, Donald Ledesma, and welcome to today's show. What an exciting day this is. You know, um... It almost seems like doing this every two weeks just gets longer and longer for some reason, right? I was so used to doing it every week, you know, but uh, as I get busier and busier with other things and and, uh, 
and other production uh, projects that I do. Uh, I get super busy, but I still want to get these stories out to you guys. And um, I decided just to do it every two weeks, right? Get you two stories a month. And that way, uh, you know, we can still enjoy Alien Strand. And believe me, I do not want to stop doing Alien Strand uh, podcasts. I enjoy this. I enjoy communicating with you guys every day. I enjoy uh, having new friends every day that uh, comment on Alien Strand there on Facebook. You know, and, and it just... It brings me a lot closer to you guys, you know, and and um, so that way we can get a lot of these stories out, you know, to people that that are new to the site or new to Alien Strand family, and uh, you know, it, it's just uh, it's ufology is one of those things that it's a touchy subject, but it's always something good to follow because it, it changes as the years go by, right? As we've been noticing, so. But before we begin, I want to uh, uh, welcome everybody to Alien Strand Podcast. Uh, you can catch us on 21 to 22 platforms, maybe more now. Uh, you can catch us on uh, Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and AlienStrand.com. Check us out there. Uh, we also have the Alien Strand app. You want to go ahead and download that. We still have that uh, maybe about six or eight more months. I'm going to check it out just to see you know how well it's, uh, it's doing with everybody downloading. If you enjoy the player, let me know. I'll keep it. If not, man, we'll just go ahead and y'all go to your platforms. But I really do like Alien Strand having its own. I might just throw it up for another year. But please, if you want to download it, it's free. You can catch it on Google Play right now. Uh, just go to Google Play, search Alien Strand Podcast, right? And you'll see the little uh, uh, insignia that we use for the, for the Facebook podcast. Download that, right? And once you download that, you'll be able to uh, sign in. You'll be able to communicate with me back and forth, leave messages, how much you enjoy each podcast. And if you're new to the podcast of Alien Strand, the very beginning ones are a little rough, right? The first 10, maybe 11. Uh, but after that, they get better and better as, as they go because I was still kind of green around the gills, like they say. And, you know, I wanted to try to figure out how I was going to get this information out to you guys, but... I needed to get in my comfort zone, right? Everybody has that little comfort zone. So, uh, and I think I've got my niche now that where you can, you're able to, to understand, you know, what I'm trying to say now and, 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 and in easier terms, right? So, um, but yeah, download the app. You know, if you want to get in touch with Alien Strand, you can call us at uh, 361-245-8000. Again, that's 361-245-8000. You want to be a guest on the show, you got a story. You know, it's not just aliens we do here. We do Bigfoot. We do ghosts. We do all kinds of things of the unknown, right? And Alien Strand here is just, is not here to make you believe in what you're listening to or what you're seeing, but for you to, to, uh, to investigate yourself as well, and then you decide... Whether you uh, you believe in the story or, or what's going on, right? Uh, so, like I said, you know, we, we, we're just trying to get this information to you guys, you know, uh, so that way you can spread it out to everybody else, right? Because Alien Strand loves you guys, every single one of you guys. You know, uh, you know, I, I got my top fans right now. David Atliff, you're out there. Thank you, brother, for, for sharing Alien Strand. And I got Paul Wilborn. He's my, my good buddy there. He helps me out, my sidekick, but he's in the UK, right? He does a really good job out there, and we do appreciate you, brother, for everything that you do. Thank you. So, um, today's topic, you know, I called it 1897, right? And 
the reason I wanted to, to bring this story out to you guys because it has uh, it has a, it's like a double-edged sword kind of story. It 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 has uh, all the the elements of a UFO and it has uh, uh, elements of something else, right? And as I started digging, you know, it just it kind of made me think a little bit more on this story. And as I dug and dug and read and read, right? You know, a lot of these videos you see on YouTube, especially the older ones, or even now some of them, uh, when they used to talk about ufology and things maybe 15, 20 years ago, it was more like a, a joke league kind of sense. Like, oh, little green man from Mars, you know, aliens, stuff like that. You know, they just, it, it, they took it in that sense. I'm talking 20 years ago, maybe, maybe long, well, of course, longer. But now ufology has gone, so, is it's so serious now, right? That... Whatever you see and you read, you know, if you're a true ufologist or want to be a follower of ufology, you dig and you go to all these different sites and find out if what you're seeing is what you think you're seeing as far as an alien, UFO, uh, extraterrestrial, right? So in this story in 1897 brings that element back, right? So, this happened in Aurora, Texas, April 17th, 1897. And Aurora, Texas is about 20 minutes northwest of Dallas. It's off of Highway 287, and its main cemetery, it's a small little town, but it's got one road that goes to the left when you're going north. It's called uh, Highway Road 114. And that's where the main cemetery is, is located. And I'll, the only reason I'm bringing the cemetery up because it, it, it uh, coincides with the story. So between 1896 and 1897, there had been dozens of reports of strange cigar-shaped airships, which they call them, and they were witnessed throughout the USA, right? And this was from, from California all the way heading towards the East Coast. So it was going in that direction, right? So on April 17th, 1897, there was an addition in the Dallas Morning News. This is where the first story appeared on this crash. And it was written by uh, by a resident there called S.E. Hayden. So he claims that this incident happened two days earlier on April 15th, 1897. So and this is, this is what he claimed, that there was an airship that crashed into Judge S. Proctor's, Proctor's I'm sorry, windmill in Aurora, Texas. Remember, you, you're talking about a Dallas newspaper here. And this, this Aurora is like maybe 20 miles away or so. So that, that article appeared in that newspaper at that time. So, um... Hayden, 
eventually he, he wrote eventually the machine was out of order right and he says that this airship crashed into the windmill of this judge right on his property he says it was it was making a, of a speed of about 10 to 12 miles per hour settling down towards the earth so in other words it was just coming down real slowly he said it sailed over a public square when it reached the north part of town here's where we get possible witnesses right story gets better so right it it collided with judge proctor's windmill and then it went into pieces with a powerful explosion. Just imagine that. It's this windmill, and then it just blows up. You're talking about in the early morning. So the article says there was scattering debris over several acres of ground. So I don't know how uh, if you know how big an acre is, but it's it's pretty large. So he says several acres, so it's going to be more than two. So if it hit the ground, even at that 10 or 12 miles per hour, and it exploded, I mean, the impact and the explosion just threw pieces everywhere. He said it destroyed the windmill, it destroyed the water tank, and it destroyed the judge's garden. Then... They found a corpse. And then it says, while the remains were badly disfigured, enough had been picked up to show it was not an inhabitant of this world. Why would you think that he would write that? Is my question. saying it was not an inhabitant of this world. So, and he says that there were papers written in strange hieroglyphs that were discovered on the body. So even though it crashed and blew up and it was disfigured, they were still able to get these papers or what they thought they were and they had hieroglyphs on them. They said that the ship was built of unknown metal, resembling somewhat of a mixture of aluminum and silver. Now, on all of my uh, podcasts, I don't know if you remember, if you go back and you listen to a lot of these uh, encounters, everybody always describes these UFOs or these ships having this silver, dull-looking style of, of, of metal, right? And it's not super shiny, it's, it's just got, if you know what, what silver looks like, or aluminum, when it hasn't been polished, that's how they usually describe a lot of crafts that are in the sky, or that they witness up close, or even crashed UFOs. So, the next day, 
on April 16, 1897, people from Aurora and surrounding and the surrounding uh, countryside uh, gathered to view the debris. So a lot of people heard it and they heard the crash. You know, small towns, you know, back then, of course, there probably wasn't that many people. They saw the explosion and they headed out there to go see what happened. Doesn't say how many. And with the body, they gave it a Christian funeral, which was held the next day. Here's where the cemetery comes into into plot. No pun intended. So, when you when you listen to this story, does it does it sound like a normal day in Aurora? And why? Why wouldn't they like freak out? Like, man, this is a an alien or this is a UFO, right? Why would you think that they would probably? act out that way if they did and they didn't and the only reason why you got to remember this is 1897 they'd never heard of aliens never heard of UFOs never seen them so they treated this pilot which, which they called him his name is Ned that's the name they gave him they gave him a, a, a burial, a Christian burial, because they figured he needed to be buried. Right? And they went on their normal day after that, working in the fields. You know, that kind of, of, of things that we see today was not in their timeline. They didn't know what these things were. You got to remember. Roswell happened 50 years later after this. Kind of gets you thinking, right? So now we have witness statements. So in 1973, a reporter named Jim uh, Mars, M-A-R-R-S, interviewed an 83-year-old Charlie C. Stevens, he was 83, on what he saw as a 10-year-old. Apparently, he witnessed, him and his father witnessed this craft fly over and crash. But he did not want to get involved at all. For all those years, that's why he didn't hear about it. But later was persuaded to reveal his eyewitness statement, right? And this is Charlie's story. He says on the April morning, 1897, which is Charlie and his dad were working with the cattle when they spotted a cigar-shaped craft passing overhead at a low altitude and it had a bright light. They watched it, moved towards town, and then they heard the explosion, right? And he says that the fire was so bright, 
it was shown in the northern sky. That's how they knew that it blew up, and they heard it too. Charlie says, I wanted to go immediately and see what happened. This is what uh, Charlie told uh, Mars. And he says, But Daddy said we had to finish our chores. So the next day, Charlie's dad went to go and view the debris. So, I mean, the thing that's different in this story is that Charlie's saying that it was flying at a low altitude and it had a bright light. Now, if a blimp or a Zeppelin style of of craft were to fly over, they didn't have bright lights and I think they were still kind of using candlelight. I'm sure they had some electricity by then. But... They said it had a bright light. Was it burning while it was going by? But they don't mention any smoke or anything like that until it went down. So at the Aurora Cemetery is where the headstone that they put for this, um, the pilot, which they call Ned, And on this stone, it was broken in half. And they etched a design of a UFO or a saucer shape on it, right? Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So this wasn't the only sighting. There was multiple sightings from all over, right? So on April 11th, 1897, at 5.30 in the morning, Walter Mann from Chicago saw it on a clear morning. Same kind of craft flying over, he says. Early in the morning. It's in Chicago. On April 13th, 1897, in Dayton, there was a man stargazing in the field with these uh, with field glasses when he spotted a dark shape against the moon he said it had the cigar shape because then I saw it then it took off with a high speed out of my sight I guess he's looking through a um, sort of a telescope Here's another one. On April 15th, an attorney named J. Spence 
bounds of Hillsborough was on an emergency will call of a dying man. So he was an attorney, right? He was going to go and and, uh, make a will out for this gentleman that was passing away. So at 9 p.m. on his buggy with his horse, he says, we were frightened by a brilliant flash from a look like a searchlight that passed directly overhead. He described it as, he says, it's something like a cigar. And then it took off in high speed behind a hill. This is an attorney. So some of these stories have merit on what these people were seeing. You know, and here's, there, there's some facts about the alien. So you ask yourself, right? So if they buried this alien, why couldn't just you just go back out there, dig it up, and, you know, exhume the body and, and do tests on it, right? That's what people were thinking. Why can't you do that? Well, Texas law does not allow that. In order to exhume the body of anyone in Texas, you have to get permission from next of kin. So if this is an extraterrestrial buried in that cemetery, you'd have to get permission from one of them in order to get him out. And that's the law. So because there was so many people going out there after this story uh, came out through the years, people were going and, and uh, trying to investigate and trying to, you know, take things, right? So I guess what happened, they don't say who... But they said later, the body was moved from that spot. Why would they move that body? And who moved it? And I thought they couldn't, right? You know, even the headstone, original one that they made for for Ned, was stolen. So now, in in its stead, they put a a big stone there. All it is is a rock. Huge stone there. Maybe weighs a couple hundred pounds. So people can go and visit there at the cemetery. And they go and put, you know, like little aliens or cars or, you know, from people that go, have been going there through the years, visiting Aurora, Texas. You know, it's just like they said earlier. This pilot looked like nothing from this earth. You know, even if he was disfigured in a way, even through the burn or the crash, why didn't anybody claim the body? It's my question. 
I mean, they buried him to do the right thing. That's what they did back then. But later on, nobody said, hey, somebody was on a balloon. You know, they crashed out there. We need to get the body. Or this is so-and-so person. Nobody came forward, right? Which is bizarre. So it kind of gives you the, the on your theory, if it was a Zeppelin-like balloon, or was it a real UFO craft? And what happened to the debris? You'd probably be asking, what happened to all the debris that was scattered everywhere? And it's said that most of the townspeople went and picked up a lot of that debris and took it home. Why don't we see it today or if it's an alien artifact? Back then, they needed metal. So... They think that most of the people probably used it. Or like that other gentleman said in the beginning of this podcast. That they ended up throwing it down a well and burying it. Why cover it up? Is my thing. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, and like I said, they saw these lights illuminating brightly on the bottom of this craft. What do we see today on a lot of these UFO um, videos or photos? A lot of times you see a bright light illuminating from the bottom of these. Now, we only have very few of, of Tic Tac or cigar shape looking crafts. But if you go to Alien Strand there on Facebook, I just posted a few a few days ago. If you dig back on Alien Strand, you'll see I, I do post uh, a few of those cigar shaped looking crafts. One or two have had a light coming down from the bottom. I believe there was an earlier photo that we posted here on Alien Strand when uh, we first got on Facebook. And Mr. Anibal Quinones Caballero from Extraterrestrial and Strange Happenings Group checked this photo out for me. And we blew it up of a tic, of a uh, tic tac or a cigar shaped. UFO and it looked like it had windows but it was a craft because why we found a large electronic magnetic field around this craft on every photo that's an EMF so if you see me post things sometimes and I'll put EMF electronic magnetic field that's exactly what I'm saying so we know that these cigar shape or tic tac looking UFOs exist. We're still seeing them today. Now in these photos, are you are you seeing a Zeppelin looking balloon? 
that had the carriage underneath and then the, the, the two propellers on each side. Believe me, if we saw something like that, we would know exactly what it is. Almost exactly like that video about two weeks ago about that New Jersey UFO uh, sighting of the Goodyear blimp. You couldn't see it at first. It took a while. But after we got a closer uh, photo of it, I put it on Alien Strand a few days later or about a week later. You can almost see the carriage underneath. And then on these sightings of the story, why did you only hear about it in the early morning or late in the evening? Now you're talking about in April, April down here in Texas, it gets very, very hot. Was that a factor? It's very windy in April. You know, why did we have a witness statement later on? You know, more and more facts lean towards, to me, a UFO than an, an airship or Zeppelin style of, of airship or a balloon that they had back then that they were starting to build. You know, everything kind of just points in that direction. Was this story hoaxed? I heard there was a fever back in them days that wiped out almost half or not more than three quarters of that population there in Aurora, Texas. Then there was a few people that said, no, it's Possibly they made it up so that way they can bring more people back in because they lost so many. But the story all all points in the direction of something crashed there. Why move the body? Why move the parts? Why hide everything? You know, it has hieroglyphs on the body, on, on paper that they, that they said. You know, why move these objects from its original location? Why get everything out? Does that sound familiar to you? Sounds exactly like the Roswell incident, right? But this happened 50 years earlier. The government was not even involved in something like this. Or did they get involved later? Once they found out the story, went back, exhumed a body, took it, went to the ranch where this craft went down, picked up whatever pieces they could find, So that way we couldn't find it or see it. 
I'm talking later. You know, this is at the Judge Proctor's house. I was trying to find some stories on Judge Proctor, but I didn't see too much. Me thinking... You know, back then there was a lot of people that just minded their own business, regardless of what they saw, what they witnessed. You know why? Because they didn't want people to think they were crazy or lost their minds. You know, when they would take you to a a psychiatric hospital back then, they did torturous stuff to you. So, of course, you weren't going to say nothing. Because back then, they would still think you were crazy. People didn't stop acting like that until recently. 20 years, possibly. Back from now. So, that's probably why we didn't hear many stories or nothing come out of the judge. Maybe it would have cost him his job. Or he'd rather not say anything. All these things, it's a big puzzle like I always talk about. And back then in 1897, you know, of course people didn't want to say nothing. People didn't want to see nothing. But at the same time, they were innocent. They were innocent on seeing a UFO, not knowing what it was, seeing this extraterrestrial possibly. No, I had, have had stories on these extraterrestrials. Not all of them look like greys. There's some that almost look human-like. Could have, have been one of those. But they said it was disfigured. What does disfigured possibly mean? The big eyes? large head I think that's where they got that terminology when he made that report in the newspaper right in the Dallas Morning News what other way to explain on what they had seen why would Hayden write, write something like that The way he wrote it, right? So if you're going to make something up, not knowing about UFOs and not knowing about aliens or not knowing anything like that, why would you write something like this? And the way he did it, and the way it was described, to just have people go over there and move in and live there and bring more population to to your town. It's still a small town today. Still. So it didn't really grow much. Of course, now they get visitors, a lot more visitors because of this story. So if you have a chance, if you're in the United States or if you live in, in Texas, go check it out. Go visit the grave. 
the place is open, the uh, cemetery there, it's about 8 o'clock or so. I'm sure it's easy to find. Very small town. I found it on a map. Cemetery is real close by to that Highway 14. Actually, it's right off of the road. So you can't miss it. So, I hope you guys got a lot of information out of this story today. And I bring this information to you so that way you can decide if this happened by the facts that I threw out there on on both sides. And as you dig yourself, if you decide to, go look into it and see what you see. There's, like I said, a few conflicting stories that do conflict with this story to make it sound like it was a Zeppelin, but the witness statements is what makes it different than a Zeppelin, right? Or a balloon style. 1897, come on, they didn't have that great technology back then. They were still driving a buggy with a horse to get from point A to point B. What does that tell you? Just gives you something to think about as you are in ufology, right? But I'm glad I put this information out for you guys. And I hope you go check for yourselves and just research it a little bit. See what you find. You know, if you find anything different, you can always post it on Facebook. They're on Alien Strand. You know, and and these stories, like I said, they're for you to decide. And I really enjoy telling these stories to you guys. Really do. Because I'm learning with you as we put these puzzles together. Don't forget to catch us on Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and AlienStrand.com. Go check us out there. So, we're going to get back to now that all the stuff is slowing down. Hopefully, I can get some t-shirts out to you guys. I know I owe one of you, two of you guys, some t-shirts right now. So, I'm going to get these out to you. And uh, don't worry, I haven't forgot about you. <laughs> You'll see a nice surprise in the mail. But you can go look over the, the merchandise there on Alien Strand there on Facebook. Go check it out. Got some t-shirts there. Some I think a couple of sweaters left. And, uh, you know, if you enjoy it, like it. Hopefully, I can start getting these out to you guys. Okay? But thank you for listening to today's podcast. Please share. Download the Alien Strand app so you can listen to it at any time. It'll give you a nice indication that a new podcast has come in. But it's been my pleasure. Until then, you guys have yourselves a good day. Have yourselves a good evening. And have yourselves a good night.
What's up, everyone? This is Arizona Gallego, and you're listening to Alien Strand Podcast with Donald Ledesma. Check out my Facebook page at Arizona Secret Backyard. Give me a like, share, and follow. I'll see you there. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.